welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and um, part of me being in my work clothes right now, but, um, you know, got to do what you got to do. Um, I'm joined right now by, um, by a wonderful human being, Ray of Sunshine, um, who uh, runs a website uh, called Mental Wealth and Wellness, um, which aims to turn being mentally healthy into being mentally wealthy. We're going to talk a bit about what that means, uh, a phrase that um, feels like a very like uh, rich notion to live with in life. So, um, I'm, so thank you so much for joining me, Jenna Now, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy you're here as well. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, feeling excited. This was the first week of the mental wealth method, which I'm happy to talk more about, but we kicked off with 14 incredible students and it's a three month program. So I'm like, I'm riding a high from just like being with amazing people and knowing that we're at the start of this three months together as we go into the fall. I feel good. How do you feel? Good, good. Well, for one, that's very special. Um, awesome um yeah i'm i'm good um it's been a bit of a rough week um i'm uh i'm going through a breakup right now which is always hard but you know this doing the show has definitely um definitely helps uh with regrouping yourself um and uh yeah so i mean honestly i think that i'm responding to the the you know, the circumstances, like, in the best way I can, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's what the best you can do. Exactly, 100%. And to give it time and be kind to yourself through through it, because it is a big transition. Yeah, and it's easy to not be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm, yes. I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I know you do, because that's what you specialize in here. So, so what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And um, yeah, so Jenna, um, I, you know, I, I just, when, when we got connected on social media, like I noticed right away, like, you know, seeing that you had like this um, way of helping people like navigating mental health struggles and turning it into something that can like lead them to leave, live uh, happy and healthy lives. Like, um, I mean, that's really special. I, uh, I've um, been through a really long mental health journey myself um, for years, and uh, I'm excited to talk more about it. But I guess like that kind of leaves us with um, love, love to hear about uh, just a little bit about yourself. Um, just kind of what kind of set you on this path of what you do. Absolutely. Um... Well, it's all related back to my own mental health story. Uh, in 2015, I lost my Auntie Anne to suicide, and she was like a mom to me. We were really close. I was the only child growing up. She never had any kids of her own, and uh, when my parents got a divorce, like, my mom and her sister Anne, like, we kind of became this little unit, and um, she was diagnosed with Parkinson's, lived through that honeymoon phase before it really like sets in. But then when 
it those like the honeymoon phase is always around like right around seven years and when that started to fade away the first thing to go was her mind actually before her body and she sunk into a deep depression and uh, we knew that that was going on and she just started to shut everyone out and um, we didn't know that it was gonna get to that point but then one day it was just like it just was over and it completely like flipped all of the tables over in my life um, I had spent like that whole year prior with the Hamilton family and was like really involved in Black Lives Matter here in Milwaukee and had a tremendous guilt of like not having been there better for her that year because I was so heavily involved um, and busy in Milwaukee and that so like the guilt weighed on me that feeling of knowing that someone could just be gone and change can happen so quickly it it set me into a really really deep depression and just missing her so badly and um I would like the type of depression where I couldn't function and what wouldn't get out of bed and then they say that everyone who experiences losing someone to suicide is at risk themselves so you start to have your own ideation you start to go through your own things and soon I was hospitalized for that and in that process I was actually um, put on a lot of different medications that didn't really like for long term didn't really work out with my system but in that moment created a very very long ripple effect of events that happened because of those medications going through the different identity shifts around different diagnosis diagnoses and just having like ever like on top of the grief having all that new stuff to deal with it was so much and it was about like a two to three year period of just navigating that and then after that about a, like a one year period of like starting to come out of it starting to know i wanted to do something i wanted to be able to help people like um avoid the that long amount of time where i was just like felt like i was sort of floating like not knowing what my life purpose was going to be anymore not really feeling like i had any sense of direction and taking everything that the doctors were telling me like what my life was gonna be and all the limitations that were now in front of me letting that be my truth instead of like tuning in and finding out what i wanted and um as i was starting to sort of wake up and know like that i i something was brewing i think i could feel like what's happening now i could feel that out in my future and i didn't know what that was but i felt like a pull happening um and I just started to hear uh, the words NLP on podcasts, started to listen to podcasts again. I had like shut that out. I had shut like all like learning out for a really long time. Um, started to open my back myself back up to that. And NLP just started to come through on all these different uh, channels and avenues. And I was like, what is that? I don't know what that stands for. I've never heard of this before. I started to look into it. Neurolinguistic programming is what it stands for. Still didn't totally understand what it was, but just felt this draw to it. Ended up finding a uh, program where you could get certified in it to share it with other people. But I wanted to use it for myself because at that moment in time, I was feeling uh, a certain level of exhaustion with 
going to talk therapy and talking about all the bad stuff that had happened. I was craving being able to like talk about, well, what's going to happen next and how do I get there? And um, I wanted to just have more tools in my toolkit of what I could use for myself. And that really was the, the landing point that when I was there and I was having all these shifts and realizations around how to look at the mind differently, particularly through the subconscious instead of the conscious. And that's a way to like bypass a lot of that past based looking at things and start to think about you. I mean, you still honor everything that's happened in the past. You get the information you need around it, but then you like work through with that future focus. And I just started to have these light bulbs of like, I want to do this with other people. I didn't know I was going to become a coach. I didn't know I was going to have mental wealth and wellness, mental wealth method at that moment. But it really was like a snowball where it just started to pick up more and more momentum. But it really all comes from my my own experience going through the mental health system and having a big loss in my life, dealing with a lot of grief. And now I'm, I'm deep in it, I'm really deep in it. And I'm excited to, to talk more about, about what, it, what all that includes. But as far as like the history, that's, that's the foundation. That's how it all was born. Sure, sure. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, that's like, like that sounds, you know, just, horrible to endure like you know just kind of piled up all at once and um i i experienced somewhat of a similar grief with my grandmother um that when she passed of alzheimer's like it is a really gradual thing that can make the grief like you know so prolonged um you're grieving while they're still alive yeah yeah exactly um um yeah so um, I'd love to hear more about what exactly NLP is. Like, um, you mentioned, like, it kind of explores some subconscious uh, mm -hmm. uh, parts of your mind. Yes. So, if you were to Google NLP, you'd find so many different definitions. But my favorite definition to tell people is to just break it down word by word. So, first looking at neuro, the N, that talks about the nervous system, and that's all about our senses. So, what we see, what we feel, what we hear, what we touch, and what we smell, and what we taste. I think I said feel and touch twice. You know, our five senses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's also based on our subconscious. We are filtering all of that information in. And we have, if you think of ourselves as like a, a filing system or like a computer, like desktop that has all these different folders, everyone is so different in how they store information, which leads to their internal representation. And it's how your own filing system categorizes uh, beliefs about your past. It stores your value systems that were happening for you when uh, you were born. When we're actually born up until the age seven, we are in a walking state of hypnosis. We're practically an unconscious mind. So we're downloading information from parental figures, from um, school, from media, different things that are on the radio, billboards that you see, all of it. We're just, we're computers like downloading that whole yeah. period of time that can create a lot of our, our value systems and our belief systems. So all of that 
like understanding how someone's internal representation is formed, their pictures, is the neuro part and how they experience the world through their senses. Now, the linguistic part is exciting because that's all about the language, because the way that we have those senses in our internal representation, the pictures that we create, the self-talk that we have when something heavy is going on in our life or something really good is going on in our life is all the language. And we can tell a lot about a person based on the language that they use when they're speaking. Mm. So the, the linguistic side of it, as a coach, you're able to really hear what people are saying underneath what they're actually saying, if that makes sense, and understanding how they are storing things just by listening to them speak. But it also lets us know that we're asking questions about, well, what's going on inside? Like, what's that internal communication, that self-talk? It helps us know um, where some of the gaps might be, where some of the really hard things might be, where things are really, really good. Like, we all do things really well, too. Like, we have a lot of positive beliefs and um, positive uh, we'll get to it in a second, like systems, programs, and strategies that we we don't really think about because we're wired to think about everything that we're not doing well. We're wired to think about the threat versus the reward, but it is an amazing opportunity to be able to like look at how you do the things that you're really good at in your life too and understand um, what's the self-talk, what's the language around that, and then being able to map it across the other areas that are feeling a bit more um, difficult or stuck or sticky. And then the last word, the programming, is the patterns, the programs, the strategies, the cycles that we go through, how we run um, a strategy to either achieve a problem, there's even, or to do a problem, how we run a strategy to achieve a goal. There's strategies and programs around all of that. There's also patterns around belief systems so that um, if you have a deeply rooted belief system, we're able to like see back to that filing system metaphor, we're able to see where it's located. And then we're able to learn where other things are located like the positive stuff and also the beliefs that are no longer true and we're able to take a whole uh, collection of techniques and modalities to calibrate to whoever we're working with and how their system is organized to move things around in those filing systems to help them have like almost immediate relief it honestly feels like magic but that's because we're tuning into the subconscious who is our subconscious is running the show. It's responsible for a lot underneath everything that our conscious mind does. And by tapping into that, we can get things moving really quickly versus sort of the, the long-term model of talk therapy, which is still incredible. But sometimes people are like, okay, I've been in talk therapy for a long time. I'm ready for some more like action. I'm ready for some movement. And it can, it can be the thing that just like gets people going. That's my favorite definition of NLP, but it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole model of looking at the world. There's a whole theory around it and it is 
frankly, like pretty brand new. It was all based in or starting to come to life in the 70s and it's all formed on modeling, looking at the successful people like who were working with other people and how they were doing it and how are they they were helping their clients get the change and looking at how they were doing that, modeling it and turning it into a technique that could be replicated with, with other people. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I, this is the first time I'm hearing of the, of well, the um, so thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, for one, um, it sounds like you are uh, prolific at uh, reading folks' displays. Um, like when you were talking about like being able to like sort of um, read into like what subliminal underneath somebody's communication patterns and whatnot. Um, like, so it sounds like, you know, you, you can read people pretty well, um, which is a, one of the most important parts of, of empathy for sure. Mm -hmm. But it also sounds like um, uh, a, a technique that like, enriches like um you know empathy for the world around you of course but also for yourself and sort of when you're talking about like you know the refiling of like the different um you know attributions to like how you feel about certain things or how you respond to certain things like, building just more uh well-rounded like personal awareness absolutely there's a lot of empowerment that comes with people realizing that some of the beliefs that they've been holding on to their whole life weren't ever even theirs. They were like passed down from a parent or it's what they saw. So when people realize they get to choose what they want to believe, it's, it's literally the best job in the world to sit across from someone and like hand them this like permission slip. It's really them handing themselves the permission slip of being able to break free from that. Yeah. A, a reclamation of your autonomy. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, wonderful. Um, so that all being said, like how did mental wealth and wellness begin? Yeah, absolutely. So the name was really a direct play on <laughs> not mental health, but mental wealth, thinking of like maintaining mental health is so important, being able to tune into how you feel on a daily basis, big advocate for self-care that like I even like to call it preventative care instead of self-care because you think of like sometimes self-care can feel like reactionary care like you're oh my god I'm feeling so stressed out I better take care of myself but what if people were just doing that every single day in a preventative way and so for me I wanted to find a name that was able to highlight that and take it one step further past mental health and I was like wealth sounds really catchy and it's like the wealth of knowledge when you're learning these things about yourself the wealth of being able to look at the lens through um, all of your personal filing systems and understanding how your mind works and how you are building these uh, internal pictures in your mind like in my opinion this stuff is like should be taught in like grade school to kids you know mm. to be able to have that uh, understanding of how your mind works feels like it should just be an, a no-brainer, uh, a fundamental um, necessity. But I, I landed on wealth because of not only wanting people to feel that abundance of their mental health, but also feeling 
just more clarity around what they want in the future. And when you shift to that future focus, you're able to get excited about the present and um, know what's possible. And then it just becomes that, that momentum starts to build. And it's not about, you know, like wealth with money is awesome. And that's important to some people, financial abundance. And there's coaches out there that work specifically with people just on like money beliefs, for example, but like, I'm interested in the wealth that you generate in yourself when you're getting excited about your future and yourself and being empowered to have all the resources that you need to get to where you're going. That's wonderful. I think it's... I kind of explained like the name and as far as like, uh, th that's the name, but then it really just turned into me like testing and running like different um, how I wanted to structure one-on-ones, how I wanted to structure group programs, and um, I had a podcast for the first year. I did like 28 episodes, and I'm still going to do season two someday here. Awesome. Nice. But um, I, I recently took it one step further because I was just so excited to be able to share this with people. I, I wanted to become someone who could also teach other people how to share it with other people to create the ripple effect, keep it going. Mm -hmm. So I went to uh, trainers training this past August and am now able to teach it through the mental health method. So that's the, that's the newest evolution. Wonderful. That's so cool. Like that's, that's like the euphoric feeling like when you uh, develop that, that newfound, uh, you know, direction, like, especially when you came from such a low point, like when you came from a level of like despondency. Um, yeah, like a, a, a little background about myself. Um, yeah. You know, I've been diagnosed with a lot of different things, like among them, anxiety, depression, borderline personality disorder. Um, like I... I was hospitalized in college my junior year um, for four days. And, you know, I, I like to think that that was a turning point for myself, but I don't feel like it's the only turning point I'll ever have with my mental health because, you know, it's, it was sort of like the first time I really had to confront because kind of like you, like, you know, I had sort of, um, I'd sort of like descended into this like, you know, suicidal lifestyle where I just couldn't force myself to care about anything. The, but the strongest thing you can hold on to in a time like that is knowing that like there is a way out that like you do have the control to like, you know, put yourself in a place where you know, like it's there for you to get better with. And I think that that's what, you know, my hospital visit really like helped um breathe fresh air into like you know knowing under like understanding and being aware of like the support system you have the resources that are available and like assess the departments of your life that need you know immediate maintenance as well as long-term maintenance and uh, you know um stepping away from things that just really are um are toxic for your you know personal like well-being like 
So that was important, but kind of what you're saying where like you're taking it a step further about like re sort of rethink the conversation about mental health and like how dismantling your mental health struggles, it's kind of akin to, um, you know, you, you look at what's going on right now and the conversations that are happening about social justice and po- politics. And it's like, you know, we think about dismantling systems of oppression and we have to step further, take a step further than reform because reform is going to keep maintenance on what's already there. But we can also talk about abolition. You know, we can talk about a completely different way of thinking, a different system, a different structure that is, that nurtures you, but it also nurtures everyone around you as well and uh, I think that like this it's you know you can kind of uh, think of like you know things like the mental health conversation in a similar way like how uh, like it doesn't take just you know treating the symptoms but also the deep really like um, uprooting like the deep mechanisms and traumas and triggers and uh, you know, um, the, the affirmations you never had and the, the, the losses that, you know, caught, that, that formed like brick walls from certain emotions, acknowledging that the walls are there. Cords, do I still need a yank? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Meaning like you're, you're, you're looking at what's next for you to like go back into the past and pull pull out before you go forward am I understanding that correctly yeah yes yeah exactly yeah and that's so interesting too right because like if we're if we're able to look at the system now and I know this isn't true across the board there are incredible um different approaches to therapy and um I'm only speaking from my own experience of how I felt when I was going through it and the people that I was um, in sessions with of just like, of, of almost, I almost started to develop this feeling around like when I would go in, it felt like, okay, we're going to go back and talk about something else. But instead of feeling liberated by like going back, it never felt like we were like yanking anything. So like, okay, there's a clear space. I'm ready to go. Or like, all right, this chair isn't attached to my legs anymore and now I can walk. It felt like it was just stirring it back up and it would like take a couple of days for me to even feel like, okay, I just like brought all the emotions back up without like a, a resolve. And that's why it's so amazing to work with the subconscious from a different perspective because like what we do in one of the NLP techniques is called time techniques. And we, cause your subconscious is able to store all of your memories on your timeline. And we're able to walk through a script that takes you back to the root cause of different events where major negative emotions first occurred. So things like anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt, all the things we're taught to just like push all the way down and don't think about and keep it away. And like, if you do need to talk about it, like talk about it over here, don't be public about it. Don't let it move through. Um, don't release it. Just, just hold on to it and push it all the way down to the bottom of your toes. Like, um, 
to be able to walk people through going back to the first time that they experienced those major emotions and releasing it from a sort of a camera or bird's eye point of view, like floating above the timeline, it again feels like crazy how fast it can happen. But when you're looking at it from that disassociated point of view and also from a subconscious where you're sort of removing the that conscious of like, wait, what am I doing? I'm like going through this like wild technique, like, but you're not, you're almost not even like totally attached to it because you're just letting your subconscious give those like first impulses, those first answers. And the things that people see in this technique, and it can be like a 10 to 15 minute technique tops, like it's wild, the, the ripple effects that that can have. And they can come back feeling lighter and even realizing like, what it, what it looks like to address the emotions that we're taught to hide. And in our culture that's so like busy, go, 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 like there is, no, there is not much time to slow down. And sometimes we're ashamed for slowing down and it creates this really complicated web of, um, oh, then how do I take care of myself? And I loved what you were saying of like, what if, how you take care of yourself allows everyone else around you to also benefit and the ripple effect of that like exactly. imagine a world where that was happening where it was like encouraged to practice it from a preventative place instead of reactionary right and not so like yeah like not so individualistic it takes everything out of somebody to you know to initially um, hold themselves back from that cathartic instinct, you know, like definitely. Um, but I, I think it's really cool how you're saying it's kind of like from a bird's eye view, like, you know, walking yourself through like the formations of these responses and traumas and, you know, life events that might have shaped how you feel about certain things or how you ended up. And, and what like doing that can, it removes your bias from like when you were living at that point at that time, like you might, you might not have known any better or you might not have had the information or the knowledge or the overcoming of, you know, the, the more worldly understanding that you did when this happened and to like not have your bias there, it gives, it can build that empathy for yourself okay. because at the end of the day, you can't be mad at yourself for not, knowing what you could have done better like you have to forgive yourself for the fact that you know it's an irregular journey to come to terms with the biggest picture you know exactly what you mean absolutely right and like to know like to be able to take away the fact that you're and you even said this, like, at the beginning of the, the podcast, where, like, the situation you're going through right now, like, I'm doing the best I possibly can in this situation. And one of the biggest things that people take away from that bird's eye point of view and, like, getting that different perspective is, like, just doing the best I could with the resources I had. A lot of the times we start to get so hard on ourselves or look at things differently or develop those heavy emotions because like we're taking what we know now and we're putting it back on what we thought we should have done it's a should not like what were you actually capable of in that moment yeah yeah precisely totally um 
So, yeah. I, so, uh, what were some things like some takeaways you learned from this this camp where you were like getting your certification and everything? Oh, oh my gosh, so much. Um, the whole week was like mind blowing and aha moment after aha moment. It was the first one was a week long, and that was like the practitioner level. And then I went back and did master prac, which was two weeks. And then the last one I just did trainers training was three weeks. And um, I'll, I'll go back like to that, that first one, cause that's really what I'm like teaching on now and the foundational level of everything where um, it's built on top of that after that point. But some of the biggest takeaways for me were, um, the, the foundation that NLP is built on is really through living from a place of cause versus effect. And that means like, instead of looking at being at effect, and if you're looking at everything that's happening around you and you're really kind of finding all of the reasons why things are the way that they are, versus if you're living at cause and you're taking radical responsibility because it can be hard to take responsibility for the situations that are going on in your life and the relationships that you have, where you're at in your career, et cetera, et cetera. And it's so easy to look at the, all of the reasons why something's happening at effect, but with cause you're looking at, okay, what are the results I've created because I've been living this way and making that shift into taking that responsibility. And some of the biggest aha moments that came through around that was like, and I didn't know that you were going through a breakup. So this is just synchronistic. But when I went to my NLP training, I was um, also going through a breakup, but it felt like it was like, I don't know how to explain it. It was like a breakup, but it was a break, but it was weird and things needed to change. But for the foreseeable future, we were not going to be together. Yeah. when I was listening to this, the first lesson on cause and effect, and I was like recognizing that I wasn't taking responsibility for how I wasn't communicating my needs. I was wanting my partner to read my mind and do all the things that I needed them to do without having, uh, without properly communicating or articulating it. And um, I had this like shift of like, whoa, like how could I ever expect someone to do that if I'm not actually communicating what I need? So I think a lot of the communication piece of it was a huge breakthrough of just like, what does it mean to communicate clearly with the people close to you? What does it mean to communicate clearly um, to the people around you? Just like with boundaries, with expectations with what you need for yourself and uh i am back with that person and we've been together ever since the nlp brought me back uh, back together with her and it's been it's been awesome so i cannot not say that that was like a huge shift that was a really big shift that happened um like first day first lesson i was like what's going on it didn't happen immediately like i had to sink in and then when i realized i came back home and i started like practicing that communication like well what happens if i am saying everything i need and i realized it was so much easier (laughs) to um, let someone in i had those walls up that you're talking about and i didn't even realize it 
And after going through the training where we're learning how to do the techniques with other people. So in order to practice and get certified, we're doing them on ourselves and we're doing them with other uh, students that are our co-students. And so it was a chance to kind of work deeply on anything that you wanted to work on with every single technique we were trying. We learned like over 25 different techniques. So one week of like massive uh, deep subconscious work and doors were just opening. So I would say communication was like the number one thing and that responsibility. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm like, I'm really happy for you that like, you know, you achieved that sense of clarity like for yourself and how it, you know, was relative to your relationship and um, yeah, like um, that's, you know, sort of like a similar self like analysis, like, you know, I've been kind of going through in this past week is like where, you know, times where I felt like I wasn't being fully empathized with in my relationship, but also times where I was guilty of that too. Um, where I was only thinking of myself or like I, you know, I, I couldn't really bring myself, keep myself in the present moment and like, you know, was just always like preoccupied with like, you know, my surrounding uh, mechanisms of validation or clarity or just things that keep me busy. Like I was just so like preoccupied with all that stuff that, you know, it made it so I feel like I didn't, I couldn't always like focus on my relationship in the way that like my partner deserved um and you know that is something that like we had to acknowledge and accept that we you know may not be right for each other at, at this time um but yeah I, I think that you know if if it weren't for that acknowledgement like it could, could it could have potentially continued to spiral into unhealthy habits so absolutely and even though it's so hard to like be able to acknowledge that and have that sh shift into that responsibility it's like by by doing that doesn't it feel so awesome to not just like be putting it all on on someone else and to be like well this is like we both did this yeah yeah exactly so yeah, you know, my partner is a wonderful person and, uh, you know, she is going to do amazing, amazing things in this world. But, you know, like, I, yeah, so for that reason, like, you know, we both had different needs. Um, so, um, so I know you said that um, you have like a, a number of uh, clients right now um, that you're currently working with on this process. So, I'm interested in, this is going to kind of be my last question, like for the sake of time. Um, but so right now, um, you know, obviously it's been a very, it's been a hellscape of a year to navigate for many, um, whether it's from the result of the pandemic and the isolating nature that comes with that, yeah. the repeated um, systemic injustices occurred um at the hands of our racist capitalist system the you know personal losses folks have had at this time um you know the economic 
and financial uncertainty of like what our lives are going to look like um feeling you know a lot of people feel more alone than ever right now um and they're they're confronted with such things where like they they're confronted with like maybe suppressed feelings that or or things going on in their mind that you know might have you know when you when you're stuck by yourself for so long you know sometimes like your mind just wanders off and you just worry about your problems so how do you feel like this year and everything that's going on right now is how do you feel like it's affecting your work right now with mental health wealth and wellness and like you know how like yeah just kind of the impacts made on what you're doing that's such an awesome question and it's it's really wild because i've had so many conversations with people that actually feel guilty that they've taken this time like through the pandemic lens of like the amount of time they've had to slow down they feel a sense of guilt for having been able to finally slow all the way down enough to realize what wasn't in alignment for them anymore and then realize what they want to do instead and like almost feeling a gratitude for that um, amount of time that was given to them when people are suffering so that's something i've been helping people through with like understanding that that's it's it's wild that that's the circumstances that led you there but so many people are having breakthroughs around just the way things are totally changing and revelations right that maybe would have never happened or maybe they would have lived in like at age 50 or 60 they're like i never got to do that thing that i knew was just like burning inside of me right so you know, in one sense, like it's absolutely incredible to see what people are stepping into now that they have had the time that like that like incubation period where like it's been brewing for so long. And like this was like the sign that they needed to be able to like just go even deeper or the time that they were always asking for but couldn't find to like get crystal clear. So when things were first happening, like think like things were blowing up like for me and the number of clients I had. I had so many clients through the spring and um, I think it was because of that, which is a double-edged sword because again, there we go with like, how can people just let themselves rest? A lot of people were like, well, I better make use of this time. I better like go, go, go. That productivity complex. Yes. So it was really, there was a, such a mixed bag of different things that I've seen, but my ultimate favorite thing that has been born out of everything that's going on in the world this year is where we've landed with mental wealth method, because I have my one-on-one -on -one clients, but then now to have students that I'm teaching them how they can use these tools and become coaches or fold it into what they're already doing. There's activists that are in this realm, there's advocates, there's doulas, there's photographers, there's people that work with nonprofits and uh, a wide range of people that we have parents that literally just want to learn how to use it with their kids. It's so cool, but the lens that we're looking at it through is everything that they're learning the same way that like I arrived at the work, like they're going to feed it back to themselves first before they share it with their clients, their community, their family, their friends, and they're going to refill their own cup. 
and the lens that like everything you know have you heard like the the statistic that the people that get involved in social justice they go so hard for so long that eventually they burn out and they they never return i can't remember what what the numbers are but it's like high yeah yeah i i i that does it does make sense um they kind of feel like their efforts are futile against you know the rich and powerful which I mean that's there's validity to that right so like that same sort of comparison if you're like in a time like this when so many things are going on and people are feeling the weight of the world like we look at our our coaches our healers our practitioners like same thing if you go hard right now and you're not giving back to yourself you're not refilling your own cup you're not letting yourself rest and take time you might burn out and now more than ever we need you in for the long haul we need you here we need it to be accessible we need lots of people getting into lots of different spaces like all these different um, students that have different ideas and visions of what they're going to do with these tools is like it's the the best possible place to funnel energy or my personal energy right now i used to be someone who was in the in the streets at the protests really really there and because of my own mental health experiences i haven't ever been able to like go back out but i look at it from a lens of everyone has their own lane that they're in and right now i'm so excited about the ripple effect that's happening of like working with people that are going to work with other people uh, so that as things continue to change and evolve, there's all these different people who will resonate with their own people about tools that maybe haven't been so mainstream up until now and carrying on them, loving the people that work with other people. And it's just like a big ripple effect after that. So uh, it's been really cool to see how these students have said like in the year where everything is just like chaos that they're able to like put their attention on something that's gonna help and make an impact and I have chills talking about it because it just it feels it feels like really just a big blessing to be at this point and be able to um yeah share and and watch it trickle down it's beautiful Jerome. I'm so happy for you <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, like, yeah, seriously, like, that is so, so, like, um, necessary to make those distinctions of, like, you know, what are you capable of? Like, you know, to, you know, like, give your energy um, to, you know, the rest of the world in relation to what you're giving back to yourself. And, like, you know, kind of like what you were saying about how people are just they feel so bad about everything they're not doing or versus what they are doing I mean I was talking to someone recently about it and we we're talking about just how like it is so easy to feel selfish right now yeah. um, no matter what you do like where you might feel like you know you're not doing enough to like you know help the fight for social justice and equities and ju and like you know, fight for like what's going on in the streets, mm. but also in the flip side, it's like, well, you know, if, if like you are doing your best to be an ally right now, 
you feel like you don't want to say too much because you don't want to like draw too much attention to just yourself or center yourself. And so you also like have to understand like where to take back seats on certain issues or certain conversations and, and, uh, um, or, you know, you could be doing so much like for others that you're just losing sight of like, well, what makes you happy and what's therapeutic for you? And like, what is the internal mm-hmm. work that, you know, is necessary for you to do the best job you can out, exactly. out exactly. in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, is so complex, you know, like it is such a complex navigation to, and, you know, you can feel a thousand things right now and it all, de- it can depend on the day, yeah. but um that's why i think the work you're doing is ever so crucial right now like seriously jenna like this stuff you're doing right now is i think it will continue to innovate the conversation of like personal um accountability and responsibility and uh, awareness and uh, you know relativity to the world around you and the relationships you have with your friends and family, with your partners, um, with your community. Like, I think that what you're doing is, is going to play a big part in, I mean, not only many people's lives that, you know, you're currently helping right now, people you're currently teaching or, you know, um, using this technique with, but, you know, honestly, I think it, it'll probably be adopted and you know in the way in mental health uh and otherwise like uh you know forms of therapy like i think we'll start seeing it become that kind of stuff be more integrated like focusing on you know the more subconscious rather than just the you know the the surface level symptoms and stuff make me cry I'm a very emotional person and I was just like felt all of that received all of that and like I oh I am I'm so I'm so grateful to have conversations like this uh, because like we're absolutely going through major changes no one's ever gonna like be the same again after this year no yeah um, and to be able to just like give back to ourselves so that we can be how we want to be when we show up in whatever space it is. If, if being in the streets and being um, on that front line is where you're at, like what do you need to do in order to like show up there feeling your, your best? And if it's at the polls or working on uh, uh, election day, at, like how can you touch lives and like be a beam of light like that day when so many people are going to be like you know nervous like even just smiling at someone on the street is a way to like create a positive impact in the world during these times where everyone you can't even see people smile anymore how can you smile with your eyes you know it's it's beautiful to be able to like just remember that uh everything we're doing everything you're doing with this podcast like there's ripple effects for all of us and we, we're the best like we can only take care of ourselves so how can we give care to ourselves first so we can care for other people thank you Jane. 
it's really sweet of you to say. And I, you know, I just want to help one person, you know, yep. at the end of the day, like you can make a positive impact on one person's life. Like, you know, then done. done. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm done, done my job. Um, well, thank you so much, Jenna. Uh, on our way out here, what keeps you up at night? Mm. This week, all the new ideas that are coming through of content creation for how to deliver this magical information and make it even more accessible to people who aren't inside of the container so they can know what the heck I'm talking about. I have so many people that are like, what the is NLP? And I just want to make it more understandable. I can't wait to type up the description of this episode and like, you know, introduce the phrase to, to people that have never heard it. Like that'll, that's always an exciting little uh, piece of yes. sharing this stuff. Um, what, what uh, puts you to sleep? Mm. Knowing that I get to get one step closer to that when I wake up in the morning and waking up to take care of myself because I have like, I wake up early so that I can have a big old self-care, preventive care routine every morning. So morning is like my time and I get really excited to go to sleep so I can wake up. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's, that's the most special feeling in the world when you can just be so elated to like be awake and start a beautiful day and, you know, and just have another day of like bringing, you know, sunshine into into the world around you so yeah thank you thank you jenna and thank you for what you do seriously right back at you i'm only a mirror for you and what you do for people <laughs> that's very kind that's very kind um we'll definitely we are we're gonna keep this conversation going most definitely. absolutely 100 percent. i hope that you have a good day at work uh, thank you, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day as well. For everyone watching, we hope you, you know, we hope this helped, and and we and I encourage everyone to uh, grow to understanding neuro linguistic programming and checking out mental wealth and wellness. Um, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, and we'll see you next time. Bye.